They just came on now. Let's try to get closer to the stage. Sorry. Excuse me. Do you want to go on my shoulders? Yeah, that'd be unreal. Thanks. Wow. Three celebrates connections made by music this summer. Find out more at 3.ae forward slash music. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts. It is 8 o'clock on Thursday, which means we are going to talk to you about hockey things. Um, today, you get to listen to us talk about hockey things. <laughs> Gordy Clark's thoughts on... The Traverse City Tournament. Vigneault's comments as training camp begins. Training camp, JT Miller playing center. Mark Stahl stuff. Elias Anderson stuff. Lots of stuff. All that and more coming up on Banter in the Blue Shirts. Let's see the song. The opening should be playing. I think we've ruined once again. We again you another, use plural. Another opening has been plural ruined. noun. All by yourself. It's going up. The numbers are. It's gonna. I'm gonna have to mute this because. <laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> See, the whole thing was destroyed. Oh my god. All right, maybe we can't. Maybe we can't do that the way that we want to. Anywho, uh, this is Banter in the Blue Shirts. I'm your host Joe Fortunato, joined as always by my co-hosts Michael Murphy and Beth, the Killer Macklin. What's going on, guys? Better than the whale, I guess. It's much better than the whale, I would think. Better than I could show up with a nickname for you. I didn't know. I didn't know what to say. I don't need a nickname. We never... it, it both scared and confused me. Um, oh. Here's the thing, people. This show <laughs> is sponsored by Patreon. Patreon.com slash Banter. Anthony Viola, John J. Porter, Eric Cohn, Alexander Ricard, Daniel DeGen, Matt Bader, George Lippman, Guy from Montana, Andrew Grigo, John Reppy, Stink Fleeman, Trevor Kempner, Dan Carosi, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Alexander Thornton, Igor Zatlowski, Thomas Osa, and Michael Silvers are all donors. Pledges, as they're called, because it sounds way cooler. Um, you should be one, too. So go to patreon.com slash blue shirt banter and you can donate and pay for this wonderful service that we're giving you right now um really the first podcast (laughs) of training camp guys we've made it we survived the off season i think uh yeah there you go look at the excitement that we have um i guess training camp do we want to go let's go traverse city since that happened before the uh, New York Rangers, or the Baby Rangers, had a dreadful Traverse City tournament. They went one and three, gave up 14 goals, only scored five goals. Gordy Clark had some things to say about some people. Um, Mike, you want to give some overall impressions of what happened with the Rangers in Traverse City? Yeah, uh, the basic summary is it wasn't very good. Um, uh, <laughs> even Gordy was saying that they were kind of expecting – some struggles off with the team's offense when uh, when Keitel went down before the tournament, and you know that's a it's tough to replace a guy who you were kind of chalking in for that first line and first power play unit. But the Rangers had a very experienced defense in terms of you know Bear Glazov and Pionk. Uh, you know Day is still very young, obviously, but there is a lot of you know a lot of guys who are not 
you know, teenagers on that blue line. And uh, really the defense didn't look good. Um, and that's something that Clark specifically singled out. It was interesting. He kind of singled out a couple players. But uh, it's he also said that, uh, you know, Leah Sanderson had a very average camp. Um, he suspected that he was tired, but he needs to be much better for the Rangers training camp proper. And uh, it was really not what we wanted to see. Was, we were just so <laughs> excited for Rangers hockey of any kind. It's, a, you know, just would watch a couple of grizzly bears and Rangers jerseys just roll around on the ice at this point for Rangers hockey. But uh, it was not. Yeah, I'd watch that anyway, too. But uh it was definitely a disappointment. There's a couple little things that were interesting. Grop scored a couple goals, and he's a guy who on this show we've kind of talked down and said that we don't like as much. But, you know, he came away just in terms of, you know, getting getting basic, you know, stuff on the stat sheet. He had, you know, two goals and uh, an assist in four games. Uh, Anderson, I think he had – one assist, nine shots, and two pims in four games. But uh, Corey Pronman from The Athletic was saying that, you know, he looked solid defensively, especially for for a teenager. But he was kind of passive in terms of being aggressive in the offensive zone, which is fine. It's, you know, he's he, he has played against men before, so you'd like to see him do better. But, yeah, it was overall, I think, underwhelming. Did you say pims? For penalty minutes? Yeah, I do that sometimes. I don't know why. Do you? I kind of, I, I don't know. I kind of like it, if we're yeah. being honest. Yeah. I picked it up think, yeah. somewhere. Picked it up from the street. I picked couple. it up. I think um, it's because I don't like that PIM is the abbreviation for penalties and minutes, as opposed to penalty minutes. But, the, but I mean, technically, it, it's just, no, I see your point, I guess. Um. I have some I thoughts like as well. I, I, if, if first of all, I think it's possible to put far too much stake into uh, how a player performs in the Traverse City tournament. Remember that as much as these guys are playing, maybe a guy like Anderson is playing lesser competition because of his experience in Sweden. He's also playing with a lot of guys that he's never played with before, and it's a it's a prospect tournament. There's nothing you expect these guys to just go down there and, and light the world on fire. And unfortunately that doesn't always happen. I, I remember Anthony Duclair being really quiet when he had his, uh, his little debut in Traverse city three years ago. And, and then he had a really good preseason. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of variables at play here. And I wouldn't be overly concerned with the fact that the Rangers didn't dominate their didn't dominate in Traverse city, because the reality of the situation is the New York Rangers still don't have a great prospects group. I mean, it is what it is at this point. The Rangers have a little bit better. They've done a good job kind of growing what they have. But we're not talking about a team that suddenly made the transformation from one of the worst farm systems in the NHL to one of the best. That's just not how this works. That doesn't happen in a year. So um, I think people need to be aware of that. Would you like to see Anderson play better? Sure. Would you like to see Heitel in the lineup? Well, yeah, but there's nothing you can do about that. You might see him in preseason, so it is what it is. But, um, Beth, any thoughts about this from you? Weren't we, weren't we talking last week about being excited about the defense, though? We, uh, we were. Just... Yes, Beth, we were. <laughs> Thank you for remembering our own conversations, Beth. 
right. And then you thought you horrible put it things happened. Yeah, not great things happened. So maybe that's just Rangers defense. I, I think if you that if was you the are part looking, that made me mad. If you're looking for a place to to actually point disappointment or legitimize disappointment, it would be with a guy like Bear Glazov who played a really big role in the KHL this year and at 23 you'd think oh boy this guy's ready to kind of dominate and for him not to be outstanding is a little worrisome but again first time really in North America playing with totally new people if your offense isn't really doing anything then it kind of makes it difficult on your defense as we've seen but um, I guess that is a concern but even with that being a concern the Rangers at this point are going to have to make a very, very difficult decision on defense regardless. They have too many defensemen for too few roles. So um, I don't know what is going to come of that, but we may not see Bear Glaze off even if he plays really well. And I, and I think that's really unfortunate because who doesn't love a guy whose name is Bear Glaze off? He's glazing bears off. Like a or donut. He's removing the glaze from bears. He Just kind of like deglazing the, the, the plan. The thing yeah, that was pan, most concerning to me, yeah, the thing that was most concerning to me about Bear Glazov was, you know, you look at him just on paper, like Joe said, he's 23, he's not a kid, uh, you know, he's six foot three or four, and he's playing primarily against a bunch of guys who are, you know, under 21 years old or so. And uh, you'd really like to see him be able to push around players. Of course, there is the question of the North American ice surface and, you know, the language barrier and playing with guys he doesn't know. And, of course, we know that in Traverse City, there's just not a lot of kind of real coaching going on because, um, you know, it's it's a, what is it, four games and five Maybe days or something? You know, but yeah, the, you mentioned a, the ice surface. Shouldn't that be in his benefit? Yeah, that that is really interesting because point. I was, he's I was, playing on a bigger ice surface in the KHL, so you would think that for a defenseman, you'd be more capable of shutting things down on a smaller ice surface. Yeah, and you know, from reading some of Adams, uh, some of what Adams written about him, you know, where, where he excels, he seems like he's really best kind of in front of the net, tying up sticks, uh, you know, making the this the logical, you know, the textbook decisions of like, yeah, I'm, I'll let you have an open shot, but I'm not going to let you get the pass through, which, you know, Rangers fans has been a sore point for Rangers fans with guys like, you know, Girardi or Stahl or Klein last season, like, you know, going down on their, their stomachs or dropping a knee and then not being able to stop the pass or the shot. So, there is that aspect of his game and it's like, Oh, that should translate well to the North American ice. It's, you know, it's smaller and everything, but you know, he, he definitely didn't look like, I don't think he looked like an NHL level defenseman from what I saw. Granted, I didn't see all four games. Um, I just saw like three fourths of one and a lot of clips, but I, I definitely was concerned seeing that he didn't kind of have that, you know, that kind of dominating presence where you'd like to see him kind of look like a shutdown guy against, you know, a bunch of prospects. Yeah. But yeah, it's like Beth said, it's, it's troubling. Cause we are like, Oh, this defense, all these kids who needs Will Butcher. We have all these kids, 
and then we see, you know, the you know the couple of the the best, the, you know, the top of the heap defensive prospects, and the Rangers not look very good. But with all that being said, it's Traverse City. It's you know it's four games in five days, and I'm just not that worried. I'd be a lot more worried after you know a couple of preseason games and getting an idea of of what these guys look like once they're up to speed. I would, I was just thinking, uh, I didn't know if we wanted to go here yet, but look, here I go. Um, what AV said about stall today would actually seem a lot more serious, or I think would have a lot more weight if we actually had seen a really strong performance from any of the D and Traverse city. It seems a little, I'm realizing it's, it's, it's still an interesting thing for him to say. I think it's, it's, I think we'll see what comes of it. But if anyone had really stood out and excelled, um, I think it would carry a lot more weight. Does that make what, sense? Uh, what Beth is talking yeah, about, um, AV gave some of his preseason comments today. It was really the first time that the team came and everybody kind of worked out and they came in and whatever, and the media got a chance to talk to, you know, the team and the players and whatnot. And uh, Vigneault said that this was going to be the first time that Mark Stahl's in a legit fight for ice time. And, you know, perhaps even in a position where he might not make the team. And that's music to our ears for a lot of reasons. But I don't even know if Traverse City plays a factor in that because the reality is you have Smith, you have Shea, you have McDonough, you have Shattenkirk as your top four. That, that And that's not changing. Then you have... Yeah. D'Angelo, Bear Glazoff, Pionk, Stahl, Holden. Mm, I'm not really going to throw Sean Day in there. Um, that's probably it. Those five guys legitimately fighting for a roster spot, for those final two roster spots. I would be shocked if Anthony D'Angelo did not make this team. He's the only NHL asset the Rangers retained for trading Derek Stepan away. Um, it's bad, I almost want to say bad business, but it's really difficult to, <laughs> to, it's his spot to lose. I think that's a fair statement to make. The optics and, look bad. And then you have Bear Glazoff, you know, you have, uh, Pionk who's getting all kinds of accolades. I think we talked about this a little bit last show that I don't think any of us are really expecting somebody who the, the, the scouts of the world think and just jump in and help right away. And you don't want to put too much pressure on a kid, but the Rangers could have a really formidable defense or they could have stolen Holden on the third pairing. And Oh my God, what's happening. Um, so I don't know if Bear Glazoff and his performance in Traverse city really plays a role, Beth, because the reality is the Rangers still have D'Angelo. They still have Pionk. There, there's plenty of players who are out there that the Rangers may or may not be looking at in terms of, defensive role. I was thinking D'Angelo. The team really seems to be putting him out there in a way that gives the impression, yeah, that that there's no way he's not going to play. So I was actually thinking. I would agree with that. He's gotten a big PR boost. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? I'm just happy that you you got through all this without saying poink. I'm kind of impressed. Um, I wanted to. I can say it. I just can't spell it. Yeah. Apparently Pionk. not. You actually, 
Yeah, you spelled it wrong in the, in the tweet today, and that I'm, amused I'm, me to no end. I'm quite aware. Um, yeah, the, I think it's encouraging. I think just in just for the just for a very simple word that I don't think we saw a lot of last season with Vino, which is accountability. You know, there's mm. going to be more accountability with Mark Stahl and what his role is, what his ice time looks like, and whether or not he's even, you know, Dan Rosen said, perhaps even making the team because of all the competition. And there is, you know, as Joe and Beth both pointed out, there is a lot of competition there. I think all three of us really expect D'Angelo to be that third pair right side D. Um, but that that last spot and that seventh spot, I think, are very much up in the air. I don't know how Nick Holden's still here. We talked about it a lot before, but uh, <laughs> he's still here, and he's wearing number 55 now, and uh, that's just what it is. He, and you know, Until he's gone, he's here, and the front office must have some plans for him, uh, although it could be a case of you know, they're just waiting to figure something out, almost like a much smaller scale version of what Colorado's going through right now with Matt Duchesne. But Isn't I think that it's D'Angelo. Yeah, that is, it's certainly, it's incredibly tense too. His comments today were just, you know, he showed up at training camp and said, I'm here to respect and honor my teammates and that's all I'm going to say about anything. And then yeah. he just Did walked you see away. The picture of him, like he took the picture that all the players have take their photos. He was just furious yeah. in his photo. Oh God, yeah. He just looks like he'd rather be on the surface so of the angry. sun right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is interesting for the Rangers because I think it's D'Angelo is the as close as you can be to a lock for someone that young really, in the grand scheme of things, just because, you know, like the optics of that, it looks bad. And frankly, we talked about this before, Mark Stahl's salary is cap hits 5.7, but his salary is $6 million. It's very hard to put that in the press box or, you know, not on the ice. And because that's the case, I think he has to just, you know, he has to be skating around in training camp and lighting things on fire accidentally for him to, you know, to not make the team. But it is definitely, at the very least, it's being talked about openly. And that's not at all what we saw last season. You know, last season we saw the infamous, oh, yeah, I'm going to play Girardi, but rest him every couple games, you know, going to decrease his workload, yada, yada, yada. And uh, that was all a bunch of BS, so... I'm glad we're seeing Vino accept and embrace the idea of accountability. He also said something along the lines of like talent has no age when he was asked about uh, Anderson, but we'll get into that at a different point. But yeah, I think it's, it's D- D'Angelo and I don't know who. Let, let me throw a time out in here for a minute. I'm going to throw a quick T.O., right? You're, you're talking okay. about Vigneault. You're talking about him making the comments about stall and accountability and whatnot. Do you trust him this go around, Mike? I'm playing with scotch tape right now. Um, do I, I think that's an answer within itself. Is it not? It is. You're asking the wrong man, apparently, but uh, no, I don't because I've been hurt before. Hurt too many times, baby. 
You just hurt me. No, no. You don't stop. I won't be fooled again. To, to continue with the song lyrics, and yet, but yeah, I think it'd have to be silly. What about you, Beth? Do you trust him? Do you trust this man? No, no. I mean, <laughs> if accountability is just starting now with Mark Stahl, I mean that in and of itself is a problem. It almost seems like we're being thrown a bone. Um just to keep things interesting. Uh, and I don't know why he would do that, because I, I don't think he particularly cares that much what we're thinking out here. I mean, Joe, you're the the one who always says he plays it pretty close to the best. So I think it's a really interesting thing to say, but I, I I'm get the feeling that we're not the target of it, and perhaps Stahl is, and none of this could end up meaning anything. So we probably shouldn't get too excited about it. We, we've played this game so many times and I'm aware that it could be, there's a negative connotation with us kind of saying, you know, at what point do you trust Vigneault? But seriously, at what point do you trust Vigneault? We've been down this road a few times. Uh, we were down the road with Glass last year. He managed to start in a few playoff games over more talented players. Um, this is not an easy thing. Listen, he's great at coach speak, Right. I think that's fair. He is unbelievable coach speak. Is this his way of telling people, oh, it's going to be different this year. I'm telling you right now, this stuff is not going to fly. It's going to be different. Or is this more of like, well, you know, some players have longer leashes than others. It's going to be very difficult to sit Stahl's $5.7 million in the press box. Let's not act like that's not an issue. Now, I don't think somebody's salary should be a reason to play them. I think that's even worse but that doesn't make it any easier. So when you look at this team and you look at this defense, you're saying, wow, what a vastly superior group of people. We're suddenly not so worried about the defense anymore. Should we be? Honestly, should we be? Because if Saul and Holden are on the third line, that's a problem. And it's going to continue to be a problem if they're not used like third line players. But I don't know. Part of me thinks that Shankirk is really going to force Vigneault's hand here that that you just there's too much there's too much talent not to have Shattenkirk McDonough be your number one pairing and then Smith Shea be your number two pairing it's you know it is what it is um Mike Beth I think you both gave thoughts on that so then let's move on to the next topic which is JT Miller is apparently going to start the year at Hunter a center oh for boy. Miller. So we talked about last week that maybe the Rangers' plan was to kind of see how shit shook out once they uh, came to this point. Hey, no cursing, Joe. You're right, Mike. I don't know why you cursed like that. Um, and I feel like Miller is sort of this safety net, okay, this was going to be our last resort, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, so... Beth, I will allow you to uh, jump in so that Mike has time to think about his language. Playing with tape. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought that speech Vigneault gave about about how how Hayes and Miller are better now. Um, it's their turn and there's no excuses. Ugh, but it's their turn to what? I mean, I, I'm not happy with the idea of Miller at center. I think he had sort of a rough end to the season, and I'm not sure this is the place to put him to get him back on track or to get his season rolling. Um, and, yeah, I just 
it doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence to think that's going to to play out well. I, I found the phrase a natural centerman a kind of I mean, a natural centerman who's played that position before, I mean, those are two completely different things. Either you're natural at it. You know what I mean? I, I just, I don't know. I do. I've never Miller, had that I'm Miller has for played a, a little bit of center. I, I'm pretty sure he really didn't line up between the dots all that much last year. But, but you uh, call him a natural? I mean, but that's the same thing. He was drafted thing, as like, a center. It's the same thing as saying playing Ronta four games in a row. Like, I love Hank, but I love the team more. It's the same type of comment. It's coke speak. I don't even – I would truly – I really do wonder if Vigneault kind of sits down and thinks about these things before he says them because the pressure that's <laughs> now been put on Miller to be successful, it's enormous. It's absolutely enormous. How is JT Miller going to yeah, – exactly. If he doesn't live up to the expectations now, right, if he doesn't become this – the Rangers need you to be a number one or a, really a bottom six center type of guy, it becomes his fault then. Yeah. Right? Like, this is now on him. And I, I don't know if I love the idea behind that because you are putting Miller in an uncomfortable position. You're taking a guy who put up a career-high 56 points last year and you're moving him away from what you had done to get him to that point in the first place. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to see more... Uh, Buchnevich, does that mean we're going to see more VC? Does that, how would these things shake out is obviously up for debate, but Mike, your thoughts on all this? Uh, I think really this, uh, it was reading a piece uh, by Jim Cerny uh, from the Sporting News where, you know, he talked to Vino about whether or not the Rangers are still cup contenders or everything, and it's it's very interesting because he talked specifically about wanting to use Miller at that center position and tying that to the fact that he's not a kid anymore. Uh, He knows how to do it. You know, he's played center before. And like Beth said, you know, a natural centerman, whatever the hell that means. Uh, But it's pretty clear that Vigneault is looking at both Hayes and Miller and saying that like, all right, you know, they're both in contract years. The team has a need. We need you guys to step up. And I think in many ways, this is like Miller's audition to kind of join the the Rangers core. And I think the same can be said of Hayes really. Uh, With that being said, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I am in love with, with the idea of, you know, we didn't we didn't mention it yet, but the Rangers brought in uh, Andrew Desjardins on a PTO. Uh, he's a guy, he's a faceoff guy, a defensive center, almost no offense to his game. He's on the wrong side of thirty. He's a long shot to make the roster, and then of course there's David Dayarnay. So, it it like Joe, you said earlier, it feels like this was like the last resort kind of. All right, well let's see what we have before we you know, start picking up the phone and maybe move a few pieces we didn't want to move to bring in a center. Let me ask you guys a question. Miller had probably a career year last year. We have spent a good amount of time defending Kevin Hayes for the way that he was used last year and maybe not the best season in the world from him in general. Are you nervous, Mike, I'll I'll throw this one your way, that you're taking two aspects of a line that 
a lot of people assumed Grabner was kind of holding together. And you're now putting Hayes in the number two center slot and Miller now in the number three center slot. Is that something that concerns you? Uh, I think it kind of ties to a concern I have with the team in general, which is so much of the early season success was carried by that third line kind of scoring against the odds. And I am really, really interested to see what happens with Hayes being given a different role and more responsibility. And the same can be said of Miller, especially because we saw Vigneault kind of shorten the leash on Miller like he wasn't a veteran, uh, both towards the end of the regular season and in the playoffs. I think he started on the fourth line a couple games. And that's... uh, I do have some anxiety about breaking that up and because Grabner, as we know, helped make that line look so much better than it was. Uh, and that had a lot to do with five breakaways a game and a 20% shooting or whatever the hell it was. But I don't, I don't know what really to feel about, you know, what's going to go on with the Fords because just at face value, if you remove every other factor, the Rangers lost Derek Stepan. I said step on. Step on. Step on. Yeah, step on. Uh, I wasn't going to. Step on. Maybe that's the next logo that's going to go on our logo. It's going to be step on as a pan. Oh. Uh, step on. That poor sweet boy. Uh, did you, not to interrupt you, Mike, but did, did you guys see him in his Arizona uniform? That killed he me. Looks, he looks so sad. He looks like he has a flu. All right, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Red is in his color, clashes horribly with, with the ginger in his beard and his hair. Um, and the baldness. I, and, and the baldness, too. Uh, I completely lost where I was going, you son of a bitch. You can do it. Nope. You, you, you can do it. All right, the Rangers at face value, they lost Stefan. They added Dayarnay. Other than that, there's really no changes to the forwards. And so you say, all right, well, that's not good. The good news is there's a lot of kids who who can step up and grow, and guys like Buchnevich, who it's like, oh, he's clearly going to be better. A full season of Zabinajad's great. You know, there, there's plenty there to be excited about. However, Stefan is not an easy guy to replace. We haven't talked about this in a bit, but we talked about it, you know, four or five podcasts ago about, you know, penalty kill, power play, the Rangers' most productive player on the power play, shots on goal. There's a lot of crap that Stepan did that, yeah, his contract wasn't great, but he's not not snap your fingers, you know, put Kevin Hayes at 2C and put Miller at 3C and all your problems are gone. This is not a, a guy who can just be easily replaced. And, and that plus, like you said, Joe, the concern about what happens with removing you know, uh, Hayes and Miller from that Grabner factor is definitely, I think, at play here. It's something to be worried about. Beth, does it concern you? It concerns me. I mean, if this is the big sort of deciding year for them, I'd like them to be where they're more comfortable. Although maybe maybe with more time at center, they'll be more comfortable there. I mean, I can't, we can't necessarily predict. Um can you guys? So here's a, a trivia question. That's not a trivia question because I don't know the answer to it. So I guess it's just a question. 
Oh, um, my God. Do, you know, are there... <laughs> don't worry, it's nothing about Duff Ruffles. Yeah, I mean, does this have anything it, to do with one of your amazing stories that's actually just a story about a goddamn Duff Ruffles? I told one bad story. No, but seriously, is it... Okay, so two... Two wings on one team get sort of magic wanded into centers over one off season. Is that, I mean, is that something that is common to for two players? Well, Hayes was always That's the center. Good. Well, I know they both yeah. went back and. But you're not wrong to say that the Rangers are taking what many people believe to be the second. Or really, you could argue the first most important thing about a playoff, a deep playoff run, is a deep center column. And the Rangers are taking their top six, and they're putting Zibanejad in the number one role, Hayes in the number two role, and now Miller in the number three role. And theoretically, none of them are at all prepared for this. It's going to be just a an absolute, well, let's just throw stuff against the wall and see what happens type of moment. And... I don't know. I don't know what comes from something like that. I agree with you, Beth. It does feel like the Rangers are waving a magic wand. And I know that the last time that we spoke last week, I made a point to say that I thought the Rangers maybe thought this out a little bit and decided, hey, we're going to be able to kind of grab somebody who's coming off the he's coming off another team late in training camp. And you were both astute enough to say that's not a plan. It's a gamble. And or maybe I said that because I'm really smart. Um regardless, this does nope. feel like a last resort. This feels like hitting the panic button that the New York Rangers are saying, oh, we don't really know what, we, what we're what we going to do at center. So, um, hey, JT, you're taking the baton right now and figure it out as we go. Because I, I could totally, totally see him getting benched or getting in trouble for not being as good as he's expected to be, even though he's playing a totally – a really a totally new position. And again, Miller has played some center before, but I don't think he's played consistently or consistently to the level where you're leaning on him game in and game out. Yeah. And uh, that hopefully the defense is good enough. And again, that kind of depends on who makes the team, but hopefully the defense is good enough that that becomes sort of a non-factor, right? The Rangers have... Shattenkirk, they have McDonough, they have Shea, they have Smith. Bear Glazoff turns out to be really good. Pionk is on the team. Everything is amazing, and the defense is so good, and Hendrik Lundqvist is so good that you don't really think about the depth because from my point of view, the issue that you're going to have with losing a guy like Derek Stepan is not the offense. It would not surprise me if Stepan and Shattenkirk put up the same number of points this year. It's the defensive aspect of having a guy like Stepan that you can match up against other teams' top players and not have to worry about it and still put up those points. If the Rangers throw, you know, Mike Schmo out there and Mike Schmo puts up three points but he plays great defensively, that might be all the Rangers need for that role because, again, Shankirk is going to replace Stepan's offense and not with Girardi McDonough may very well replace his offense as well, but he's not, he's obviously replacing his own offense. This sort of spiraled off the rails a little bit here. I apologize, but you see the point that I'm trying to make. I I think from an offensive standpoint, Shattenkirk is going to be an equal, if not greater addition to the team. But I also think that the Rangers are now in a position where they need to be worried about what the defense is going to, or what the 
defensive output of their centers is going to look like. Because Hayes proved last year he's not a two-way center. Nope. Miller probably is not a two-way center. Wait. Um, nope. Desjardins, um, not a two-way center. So nope. you need to you need to rely on the Nashes of the world, the Grabners of the world, the Fasts of the world to kind of pick up that, that slack. Nash doesn't have 40 goals. That's how we do it. Well, right. By the way, Nash, I think we were going to replace the, did you know that Kevin Hayes lost 20 pounds? For did you know Rick Nash is apparently oh, yeah. on a diet? That's now, Nash looks like half of the player that he was. I don't mean that from he a skill spelled. standpoint. I just mean that from a, from a he girth standpoint. Younger. He looks actually younger. He looks shiny. He looks, <laughs> I don't know. He looks like, well, you saw you him know, up close and personal at Playmobil. Yeah, and I mean, there was just, and it's funny because I didn't think it before, but seeing the pictures from today, I mean, it, in comparison to last year, if you line them up, I mean, he almost looked doughy last year, which is not something you would think you would say about a guy doughy. who plays as hard as pitch. But that's the first word that came to doughy. mind. He just, yeah, and now he's all like sleek and aerodynamic and glowing and go Nash, yeah. Let's see. I mean, obviously, we want to see it on the ice, not just in the pictures. But I did not expect the word sleek this- and aerodynamic to be used as adjectives to describe Nash today. I know. What, He's what like is a, he, a, a fighter a jet? Snake. He's a fighter jet. God, look at this. Look at this More baby. Than he used to be, that's for sure. So sleek and aerodynamic. Shiny. You made of metal. Greased up torpedo. Just titanium alloy. Okay, talk about your airplanes. Fine, whatever. No, we're done. What I'm glad I haven't seen is we have been with all of this going on. We haven't gotten the single this is Kreider's big year take. So I'm thankful for that. They're probably coming, but they've been every year for the last three years. And if that's not going to be part of the the narrative, if he can maybe quietly, because we all know he plays better when no one's paying attention to him which is hard when you're that big and on Strong, the first line. Strong, and aerodynamic. Just let him sort of sneak into the season with no one making huge proclamations about how this is his time. And let uh, it if, if, if Kreider is a 25-plus 50-point player, so be it. If that's what he is, if he's a 25-goal scorer, 50-point player, Great. so be it. For the the contract that he it. has, for who kind of this role that he's filled on this team, that's absolutely fine. And I agree with you, Beth. We haven't really heard a lot about Kreider, and I think it's because he got paid. <laughs> There's no more of that contract the conversation. The contract's a good contract, so automatically fans are predispositioned to maybe turn a blind eye to some of the struggles. But um, I'm not sure Dan Brody were apparently. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, you know, he's Crowder's 26 now. This isn't the story of, you know, he needs to prove he's earned this contract. He had, you know, he had freaking 28 goals last year. He's fine. If, yeah. if like you said, Joe, if, if all Crowder is is a guy who can score 53 points in 75 games, that's perfectly fine, especially yep. for a guy who carries a 4.625 million cap hit, yep. who can be in front of the net, drive defenders crazy, drive goalies crazy, can skate a million <laughs> miles an hour, and can knock idiots over whenever he wants to. It's fine. Nothing He's to worry just knocking about over right. idiots. That's what he does. Right and left. 
just it's the gravy train, baby. Just knocking over idiots. Crysdale. Um, huh? <laughs> I do like the that. Crysdale. Crysdale? Yeah. Let's see. Okay, I have to wade through the hundreds of hot dog gifts that are in the chat for some reason. I have no what, idea what you're talking about. What made hot dogs win the bet? Mike, I don't think the one that you just put out is even safe enough to put on Twitter for the public. Nope, probably not. Nope. Um, there not are children all. who follow my Twitter account. There are, and you've you've betrayed them. Um, we had topics that we were going to talk about. We talked about Gordy Clark. We talked about the Baby Rangers. We talked about Miller. We talked about Stahl. Um, Desjardins. Yeah, we, that... we, did, we touched on Desjardins, but we didn't really dive into it. Is is The thing that I think is the most discouraging with the Desjardins PTO is that Winnick got a PTO in Minnesota. And uh, granted, that happened before Desjardins, so it's, it, it's not like the Rangers chose you know, to invite Desjardins over Winnick, but uh, I mean, I think Bobby Farnham and Andrew Desjardins being the two PTO guys on a team that potentially has a significant hole to fill in the bottom six is not encouraging. Desjardins had one assist in 46 games last year. No goals. Uh, that's not good hockey. It's not good things. He's, he won the Stanley Cup so, you know, but so did, you know, Daniel Carcillo. So, I don't know. Daniel, but yeah, I've been thinking about that 2014 run in a while and for a while, and I don't think we appreciate how good Carcillo was. Carcillo <laughs> was not your run of the, I'm not saying that he was some elite player, but he was not your run of the mill face puncher. Carcillo could play hockey. Both of your silences, both of your silences, totally. I have, you've, you've. I have very that, few things to say about Carcillo that are positive. He, well, he wasn't the cleanest player in the NHL for show. Yeah. Faux show. Um, Faux show. Faux show. Um, all right. Well, we've. Uh, you derailed the show. You started the show horribly. I mean, this, honestly, this this moment may have been the most derailed the show has ever been because it was moving in a direction, and then Mike and I just were not on the same page on that one, and that was the end of that. Um, whew. Well, here you go. They have Bobby Farnham, a Daniel Carcillo-like player. Do you expect not really. we'll see Farnham in, in preseason hockey? We are. I mean, I agree, totally agree with Adam's take that we're, we're going to see these guys because the Rangers have a bunch of games to play. And what was that? I don't know. I just did a weird sound thing. Oh Sorry. my god! It sounded like a dog howling. Like yeah. No. Like you, you, that was impressive. You made a sound, and I wanted to like, as if we were wolves in the night. I wanted but to you, call you back to you. Legitimately, for a minute, I looked out my window because I sometimes I feel like I live in Jurassic Park. To see, to see if there was a stray feral dog just howling at the moon. What can I say? You, have, uh, you remember that you story with me with, and the, um, 
the dog and the pennies. More in common that dog than making a dog me. with the pennies than you thought, my friend. Yeah, that dog that I tried to chase away with the, the Band-Aid tin filled with pennies, he bit me. And every once did, in a did while. Did he actually bite you? I, I feel like we never, we never no, had this. No, he never bit me. He just scared the bejesus out of me. Mm. He was mm. like the size of a horse to me as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. You did okay. the sound again. That was the sound I responded to. That like, that yeah. sound is my like when I'm thinking of something. Like if somebody says something that I don't really agree with, I do it at work a lot. It's just. Yeah, Sounds like what an what an an old an old man how an old man would react to like a same sex marriage just uh, or shutting his hand in the door. He, yeah, both would probably elicit the same reaction, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, all right, Mike. What? Who are you <laughs> most excited to see in training camp? And you don't get to pick like hmm. Ryder or Miller or Hayes. You got to pick a rookie who's either trying to make his way onto the team or someone who you know isn't going to make the team, but you want to see what the deal is. I think just because of all the strings attached to it, the guy who I'm honestly most curious to see at this point is D'Angelo. Because. Beth, was that oh, your answer? Uh, yeah. I didn't say I wanted to invite him to my birthday party, Beth. I just said I'm interested to see how he plays. Um, the reason being, the Rangers really gave up a lot, like I said before, with Stefan. I won't go over all of those points again, but they had to have recognized or felt something strongly about him. And we really haven't seen that the hole that was created there be filled you know, Desjardins not going to fill it, and it's unlikely, but not impossible, that that Miller moving to to play center will fill it. To me, it's you know he's not going to be taking power play time from Shattenkirk, but you know just in in the projected lineup, it's like all right, second power play unit, and he'll have some power play time, and then he can play sheltered minutes with whoever the hell is his partner on the third pair, and so really he won't. The, the demands on what he can be and what he has to do are pretty reasonable, especially for a guy who has some NHL experience under his belt and plenty of AHL experience. I, I want him to have a great rookie, or not a rookie season, a great first season with the Rangers. I want it to be like, okay, this is a lot of silver lining here. There's a lot of potential here. And there's plenty to worry about in terms of the maturity level and the off-the-ice stuff. And that's a very real concern, and I'm not saying that it isn't. But we talk all the time, especially this past year, about how important it is to have puck-moving defensemen, especially those who can play the right side. That's what this guy is. And, you know, five years from now, he could be, you know, the guy we're, we're talking about that we're excited for that's on the power play and doing all this, all these other things. I don't know, you know, what to expect from him in terms of production and, and everything else, but I want him to look great in the preseason. I want to hear good things about him in training camp. I know that we're already kind of getting, you know, getting some Kool-Aid handed to us in terms of the Rangers PR train with him, 
but that's all expected. You know, that's, it makes a lot of sense. He's a local kid. You know, they're trying to put the past behind him and all that good stuff. So in many ways, he's my player to watch. And of course, I think everyone's going to want to see what Anderson can do. Bah. Uh, I was actually going to give two answers, you son of a bitch. What did you say to me, you son of a bitch? How dare you, son of a bitch. I'm sorry, Beth. Sorry, Beth, go ahead. He's been rude today. I don't think we've upset Oh, my God, You're beautiful, Beth. Beth, you're beautiful. Just talk. Talk how beautiful you are. Joe's calling me a whale under his breath. Um... I was going to say D'Angelo because I want him to turn into a ranger and actually see him on the ice and just forget about all the press and said for right now. Just put the kid on the team and let him play and let's see what we've got Um, and let all the other stuff be white for a little bit and hope that it stays that way. Um, So really, he was the one I was was excited to actually see uh, be part of the team, part of the game to be starting with. And am I allowed to say Booch? Or does it yes, have to I will be somebody? Yes, I'll, I'll 100% I'm allow him. I'm excited for his season. I did a little happy dance when you asked the question because that was what I was thinking about because I just can't wait to watch it. I, I love watching the guy. I just can't wait to watch him this year. He's uninjured. He's ready to go. And I'm really hoping... He has a great, happy, wonderful, successful season and does all the awesome things we know he can do. And I can't wait to see him. Yeah. He's only 22. He's my answer from like a, an actual team perspective. We're going to get a nice long look at Pavel Buchnevich this year, God willing. Um, but from a training camp perspective, if Heifel's healthy enough to be playing, I want to see this kid in action. There, there is a lot of – smoke's not really the white, right word, but I'm going to use it because I'm tired and I don't feel good. Um, there's a lot of smoke about oh. his, his abilities. There's a lot, of, a lot of chatter about the fact that the Rangers had not only one of the youngest players in the draft, but also the fact that this is a kid who's put up very, very impressive figures everywhere that he's gone at at least a year younger than he should be playing in the position. So to get a good, I'm, I was very disappointed not to see him at Traverse city. Um, optimistically, I would have loved to see him dominate. I would have told you that Lias Anderson was going to dominate too. And that obviously didn't happen. So who knows, but I want to see this kid in action. I want to see this kid playing on an NHL ice surface against NHL competition. Even if it's a preseason competition, I want to see it. So, I'm going to say he is my answer, and um, yeah, the rest of you can uh, go scratch. Um, I think I'm going to cut the show off early tonight, actually, because I really I do not feel good. This is a, a week in the media business called oh. Wine Week. Has anyone heard of Wine Week here? Huh? No. No? Wine Week? Beth, I, I'm a little wine surprised. So, have you ever heard of Smith and Walensky's, the restaurant in the city, or Quality Meats yeah, or Quality is- Italian? Yeah. Maloney and Pacelli's, Park Avenue, Autumn, any of those? I've heard so of all of them. So, they're all owned by the same company. And three times a year, 
the company offers what's called Wine Week. And at any one of those restaurants, you go, you pay, I think it's $20 a person, and you get unlimited wine. They have wow. like 10 wines on their, their wine list, and you get unlimited wine. So um, as I've told you all before, oh, I work for – yes, Beth, I'm surprised you don't know about this. Um, I work for Cox, right. and I sell commercial airspace for broadcast television. So a big part of our job is entertaining clients, and this is a huge week for entertaining clients because um, everybody wants to go out to wine week. You have a good time. You go. So I've done back-to-back wine week lunches, and I am wiped. I probably had like 28 <laughs> glasses of wine over the course of two days, and that is not okay. Um, Sounds great. Yeah, Beth, I was, ex- I was expecting You're gonna to You're going to be a father it. soon, Joe. I know. I'm going to be a father soon. It's messed up. They, <laughs> they used to only have two wine weeks. There was one in the winter, and then one in the summer, and now they've added a July wine week. So now there's wine week in July, there's wine week in September, and I believe there's wine week in February. But the one in July is only rosé. So if you're a rosé fan, yeah, any of those restaurants. Um, Rangers preseason hockey. Is this, do we have a hockey game to talk about next week? We did. We will. Uh, (laughs) Yes, because they'll play on Wednesday, won't they? They yeah, do. Rangers Devils on Wednesday. Holy crap. Oh, that reminds me of something else. If you purchased the New York Rangers tickets from me, I'm running Are you really money. doing this on um, the podcast? What? You're doing this on the podcast. <laughs> no, they're all like, gone. It, not only I'm not promoting anything. Is... They're all gone. If you purchased Rangers oh, tickets from me, we have the green light from the Rangers to begin sending them out as of this weekend. So... For those of you who paid me and have put the trust in my hands that I will not run away with your money, you have a couple of days left before I send out your tickets to your email address. I don't need people coming after me, Mike, and assuming that that I'm just some type of thief like you are. God. We'll be talking Rangers Islanders and Rangers Devils. Rangers Islanders is Monday. Rangers Devils is Wednesday. Oh, I didn't realize the Rangers played on Monday. Yep. Rangers Islanders. Islanders, actually. Huh. Because why not? Huh, wow. huh, huh. Um, okay. Sorry, everybody. Oh, I meant, but, uh, I meant to say we'll I really see like you next week and we'll talk some Rangers hockey. <laughs> Good ending. I to say that. What did uh, Mike say? Georgiev. In, the, in, the, in Traverse City, I thought Georgiev looked good. I meant to say um, it. Okay, thank you no, for I that. I forgot. Well, peace for out. Sake, you know, good. Can I just? Oh my God, there we go. I was just going to say peace out, bitches, and I decided against it. And you throw the f bomb. Well, so, bitch. All right, goodbye. I apologize. Everyone, have a great week. Be Mike is a whale. Well.